Paul, as he continues uh, his thoughts to the, the church at, at Colossae, um, one of the things that, that we need to look at is that in the thoughts that we're going to look at today, he, he, he reaches back um, to share a little bit of what he had already shared to remind us of a couple of things. Uh, one of those things is our union with Christ. We have been crucified with Christ, but yet we live. Uh, we are um, co-crucified and we are also a part of His resurrection. If we have been buried with Him unto death, then we have been raised with Him to new life. This is a picture of our union with Christ. Uh, this is a picture of true salvation. True salvation is that we have been united with Christ because of His sacrifice for us on the cross, because of His blood being shed, as Kathy sang about so beautifully, His blood poured out for us, that as a result of that, as a result of God stirring in our heart and our receiving Christ as our Savior, that we have been united with Him through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. This is true salvation. There is a thing that it's not really salvation. We call it a false salvation because it's not true. It's not real. Um, what that would look like is basically you walked an aisle. Somebody said, if you don't want to go to hell, you need to get down here right now and say this prayer. And they, repre- they, they said a few lines and you repeated after them and you went back and sat down and said, I really feel good about myself now. Whew. I'm glad I got that taken care of. Man. Uh, There is a true salvation. There is a salvation that unites us together with Jesus Christ. This is salvation. This is being born again, given new life. And Paul uh, wants us to remember our union with Christ as he goes into his thoughts that we're going to look at today. The other thing that he wants us to look at is the futility of asceticism. Asceticism. What is asceticism? Asceticism is the thought that by a list of do's and don'ts, by a list of rules, by the um, beating of my flesh into submission, that I can overcome my sin issue. That if I work hard enough, if I deny myself enough things, if I bury myself far enough away from all other human activity, if I completely deprive myself of everything, that I can somehow, in and of myself, overcome my sin issue. That's asceticism. Okay, That was one of the things that the Gnostics were bringing into uh, the church. It was one of the heresies that not only, you know, Christ was good, but we have these secret things that as long as you can gain this secret knowledge and do these things, then you can be spiritual. It's futile. Um, I don't know. I don't know about y'all, but but if you've ever gone down this road of, of trying to to subdue the flesh, of trying to subdue your own sin issue, you understand the futility of it. Because you 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 may do good for a, a minute or a season, but then you fall right back. And because you try to do it in and of yourself, you blame yourself. You become disgusted with yourself. It's not us. It, it, it is. It is futile to think that we can do that. It is only Christ. So these are some of the things that uh, Paul is, is bringing back to our minds as we, as we look at this. I love the statement uh, David Guzik made in his commentary. He said that the apostle reminds the Colossians that ascetic regulations are of 
no real value in restraining the indulgence of the flesh. The only remedy for sinful passions is found in the believer's experience of union with Christ. So he covers them both in that one statement. Asceticism won't work. The only way sin is overcome is through our union with Jesus Christ. But one other thing before we begin. Um, and we talk about this on occasion. We, we, we use this word appropriation. Um, and that's kind of like asceticism. Will you explain, please? The word appropriation, well, most of the time when you hear that, you hear it in a government setting that our lawmakers, our senators, and our congresspeople are appropriating funds. Let me see if I can explain. Pastor Mike, let me borrow you. Uh, okay. You have your wallet? Awesome. Um, I don't want to do it. Do you, do you have a $20 bill in there? No, I don't. You sure? All right. Thank you. So... I have Pastor Mike's $20 bill. I have just appropriated Pastor Mike's $20 bill. Pastor Mike earned the $20 bill. It was his $20 bill. I appropriated, or I like to use the term, it's easier to understand, I laid hold of his $20 bill. Jenna said to me this morning that I I looked brokish. I ain't brokish no more. I got $20. Now, if I was a good politician, I would have asked him for a $100 bill. But then he would have had to have deferred to Miss Karen. So I have appropriated. So the word appropriate is basically to lay hold of something that has already been acquired. That it was done apart from us. All we did was to lay hold of it. And so the truth that we look at in God's Word, the truth about our union with Christ is something that we have to come to that point of appropriating, of laying hold of, of understanding that it was given to us by God through Jesus Christ. There's absolutely nothing that we can do to earn it. I didn't earn that $20. I took it from Him. It's the same thing with salvation. It's the same thing with our union with Christ. God already won it for you and I on the cross. We need to lay hold of it. We need to lay hold of the understanding of that truth. It it is shallow as a mud puddle apart from understanding that. Faith faith is as deep as an ocean. It is deep as the deepest part of the ocean when we understand that union and that, that we are one with Christ Apart from that, it's, it's shallow as a mud puddle. We have to lay hold of that. We have to lay hold of those truths and allow Him as He reveals that to us. I want to share uh, real quick before we get into our verses a, a statement from Miles Stanford about appropriation um, in the green letters. And I love this. Um, he says, From time to time, the Holy Spirit will bring to our attention a certain aspect of the word in a striking manner. And we will rejoice to see and believe that it is ours. We appropriated it. We saw it and we believed that it belonged to us. In Christ. It may be, for instance, the truths of Matthew eleven twenty eight: Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Besides the usual personal situations, the uncertainty of strife and tensions of, of world conditions provide just what is needed for the believer to abide, to rest in the Lord Jesus. The need, we understand our need exists, and when he sees the rest, the believer sees the rest in him, in Christ, all that remains to do is lay hold of it. You understand in your heart that you have a need. You understand that there's nothing that you can do about your sin situation. There's absolutely, you have no control over it. You have no ability to succumb it. You have no ability to overcome it. But you understand that Jesus Christ can and will. And you lay hold of that truth. So as we look at these verses today, think about that. Laying hold of what God is doing in these verses. Verse 3, or excuse me, chapter 3, verse 1. If then, if then, if then you have laid hold of these truths, if you have been raised with Christ, if then you have been raised with Christ, if you have entered into that union, then you have been raised with Christ. You have been raised to new life says to seek. And, and that word seek means, it's not just a, a casual looking. To seek is to search for something. Pastor Mike will be seeking his $20 later. I will be hard to find. We seek. It, it, it is to endeavor to find, to seek, to look, to desire he says, to seek or desire the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Here's another appropriation for you. Here's another laying hold of. Understand our position. Christ, we are in Christ. Christ is seated in the heavenlies at the right hand of God. That is our position. That is where we reside and nothing changes that. Nothing can take that from us. Our position is in Christ, seated at the right hand of God. So when somebody tells you, you need to get closer to God, you look at them and go, I'm sitting right next to him. I'm in his presence. Seek, desire the things that are above. Who is above? Jesus Christ. Seek the things of Christ. Seek his life. Seek his desire for you. Seek what He wants for your life. Seek to know Him more. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, it says to set your minds. To set your minds is to focus. It says to focus on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Here's where we have a problem sometimes. All of us got issues. All of us got stuff. All of us got life. And it goes on around us every day. The problem is that, that our focus sometimes is what's going on here. It's not there. Basically, asceticism is I'm focused on my situation. I'm focused on my, on my condition. I'm focused on what's going on around me. I'm focused on, on, on people who are coming against me. I'm focused on, on what my issue is. I'm not focused on Christ. So when the focus is on things of the earth, 
then it's not on him. And, and if it's focused here, then we're just sitting in the mud puddle. We're just sitting in the muck. Because that's all we see because this is our focus. We have to turn our eyes heavenward. We have to focus on the things above, to focus on Christ. You can, you can, can, can work all you want to work, and you can try all you want to try, but if all you're thinking about is fixing your issue here, you'll never find anything but futility. Let's set our, things, our eyes on things above. To set your mind. The mind is, is, the, mind is the battlefield of faith. Uh, it, it's the place that Satan likes to play. Uh, it, it's his little playground. Uh, he has no control over you. His minions have no power over you other than what we give him when we allow him space in our mind. We rent space to the devil in our mind when he tells us these lies about, well, we'll never be good enough and we'll never be strong enough and God can't really love us because of our past and all these things. These are lies that he tells us in our mind and we we rent space to him in our head when we allow these things to go on. We have to set our minds on things above. You, you, You know, you have the eviction notice for the devil. God gave it to you. You tell him to flee. And he has to flee in the name of Jesus Christ. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. We get so caught up in the everyday stuff. We get so caught up in what's going on around us. That person at my job, I don't want that person in my I can't put up with that person no more. I don't like that person. Or, or, or my kids, I can't believe my kids. Sometimes I just want to... You know, and our mind is so caught up on, on, on everyday stuff, we're not even thinking about it. You know, we're not seeking Him. We're not seeking the things above because we're stuck in the mud puddle of life. Seek the things that are above. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. It says, for if you have died, and again, we are appropriating this, we're laying hold of this, our co-crucifixion with Christ. If you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love um, a Galatians 2.20, is, is, uh, we look at Galatians 2.20 and how it, it, it coincides with this. So Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me. He loves me. And not only that, He gave Himself for me. He gave himself up just for me. He included y'all too. But if I was the only one, and, and, and that's the, 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 the thought that you have to, to lay hold of, that if you were the only one, he would have still given himself up for you. You are, have died. We are co-crucified with Christ. Our life is hidden with Christ and God. And that word hidden uh, takes on a couple of different ideas. One is that, that those of us who are in Christ, if you are born again, then it is a place of security. We are hidden in Christ. Our position at the right hand of God is hidden in Christ. He has secured that for us. So it is hidden in him. It is a place of security that nothing can change your position. Nothing can change. If you are born again, nothing changes that. 
Nobody can take that from you. You can't lose it. You can't even give it away. If you have been truly born again, if you have truly been united with Christ through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, then you are hidden in Christ at the right hand of God. But it's also that Christ currently is hidden from you and I. Uh, I don't remember which one of the apostles uh, Jesus said it to, but, but He said, Blessed are you because... You know, you have seen me and you believe, but blessed are those that have never seen me and who believe. He's hidden from us. We believe in faith, but one day he will be revealed to us. And we are hidden in him, in the heavenlies, in Christ, seated at the right hand of God. It says, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life. I love that. As, as a believer, as a Christian, as someone who is united with Jesus Christ, He is to be our life. And, and, and you know, you hear a lot of different statements about people, and, and, and it's not a bad thing um, for the most part. But somebody will say that music is His life, or, or racing is His life, or this is His life, cars are His life, His job is His life. When those things interfere with Christ being our true life, then there's a problem. About you and I who are in Christ, who are believers, it should be said about us that Jesus Christ is our very life. He is on our mind every day. We are seeking the things above. Because of his life inside of us, the, the, the very lifeblood of Jesus lives inside of us, believers. And, and, and there should be an outpouring of that. There should be an overflowing of that so that when people see you and I, they go, man, that's a peculiar person. And I'm good with it. Something different about you and I. His life's so real in us that it pours out and everybody sees that and goes, wow, there's something different about that person. He is our life. Appears when he returns. Come, Lord Jesus, come. When the, when, when the sky rolls back and the trumpet sounds and Jesus appears in the clouds, we will appear with him. And glory. I like that. We. Those of us right now, and, and they, they were um, interviewing um, one of the, the, the Republican uh, that's running for the, the nomination for the president, and he was being interviewed by someone, and, and they asked him about his faith. And his statement was that, you know what? The world looks at us like we're crazy. The world looks at us like we don't have a clue. The world looks at us like, like we're dreamers or, or we, we just you know, don't get a, gra a, a grip on reality or whatever. But in this day, you and I will be revealed for who we really are. His children. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ to all of God's creation. Paul, the, uh, the eccentric Jew, the uh, worst than Gentile to the Jews because he had turned his back on them will be seen for who he really is, the apostle of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Colossians, uh, a, a bunch of uh, rednecks from a backwater town. <laughs> Basically, what, that's what Colossae was. It was Callahan. Let's go ahead and say it. <laughs> will be seen in such a glory that if it were to happen while we were walking the earth that people would be, would be tempted to worship us. 
That's, that, that is the revealing of the saints that, that Paul talks about in Romans 8, chapter 8. The revealing of the saints. That we too will be seen with him in his glory. Wow, that day's coming.